Welcome to the Pirates Overboard Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Ostwick, joined alongside Jonathan Luters. We are two grad student athletes that will sit down with Seton Hall athletes to get to know them more on a personal level. We're going to talk to them about their athletic career, academic goals, and what it's like being a part of the Seton Hall community. We are excited to do this across the year as we touch into each sports community. Make sure you go follow us on the Pirates Overboard Instagram page to get the latest news on upcoming guests and highlights from shows previously. So Jonathan, who are we talking to today? Stephen Beeman is a stellar sophomore cross-country runner for the Pirates. Coming from the Midwest in Johnson, Iowa, he does it all here as a student athlete. He is an international relations major and a member of the prestigious honors program, all the while attending Bible studies, run through Varsity Catholic, and of course, balancing all of this with the running and lifting hours required of a cross-country athlete. On this episode, you'll learn about Steven's love for coaching baseball and the sport as a whole, his unique recruiting story from the legendary Coach Moon, his take on the nutrition aspect of running, the development of his faith, what the honors program is all about, advice he would give to younger pirates, as well as his favorite non-traditional post-race meal. Steven's teammates speak incredibly highly of him, telling us, quote, he is an incredible teammate who never lacks enthusiasm, and when it comes to running, he's a workhorse and always working to get better. He never skips the small things. Even though Stephen's Seton Hall career is just getting started, he bleeds pirate blue through and through. So we are pumped to have him on board with us today. So without further ado, Stephen B-Man. Talk about that. So yeah. let's let's yeah. let's get started. So Stephen, how how are you? How is the summer looking like? What did summer training look like for you this whole this whole past summer? It's it's been a kind of a I'd say a wild one. It was a fast summer, to say the least. So what was it like for you? Um, it was an exciting summer. I was excited to go back home. Um, in my, I guess, free time also at work, it, it feels almost not like work because I enjoy it so much. But I coach baseball in the summer. Okay. Um, love and, to hear that. <laughs> yeah, baseball is uh, yeah, definitely one of the things that I love to do and enjoy uh, being around. Um, and Iowa is weird. Uh, the high school season is actually in the summer. Really? So I think it might be the only state with high school baseball season in the summer. So um, that allowed me to um, continue coaching. I'd actually done it um, the year prior to okay. when I was a senior in high school when I decided I was going to run cross country. I uh, just focused on the training um, and help out with baseball. So it was my second year doing it. And uh, this year I was with the sophomores for most of the year. Okay. Um, our high school is pretty big, so we have... Uh, a couple of different teams like freshman, sophomore, JV, varsity. Wow. Um, so I, I was working with the sophomores for most of the year, and then um, once we got to the postseason, I was with the varsity guys, and it's always a great experience, a great time to uh, to be with them and uh, learn from some really great coaches. Yeah, what were some of your roles as like one of those sophomore coaches? Were you like a third-base coach where you work on uh, drills, infield, outfield, batting? What, what were some of your roles there? Yeah, it was um, – uh, throughout my time there, I've, I've been uh, a pitching guy. Um, okay. I helped out um, on the pitching side of things. Our sophomore coaching staff was really young. Um, our head coach was only uh, 26 years old, his oh, first wow. year coaching. Um, and uh, there's only there's four of us on the sophomore staff, and I was uh, one of two that had previous coaching experience. So it was a young staff, but it was fun to work with. It was fun to kind of work out those kinks together um, and produce a, a good product on the field. And other uh, guys were fun to work with. And um, yeah, really, it just was uh, getting those guys ready before the game, um, pitching-wise in the bullpen. Um, I did a lot of pitch calling for them, um, just trying to help them develop their pitches and 
um, also developed a mindset at that age. I mean, yeah, a lot of it, um, you know, they're still learning and growing mentally and physically. Um, so helping them to develop and mature um, in both aspects was, um, I think, something that I tried to do. Um, but also, uh, it was fun. Uh, our head coach was gone for a weekend or a long weekend, and so I had the opportunity to kind of step into like more of a head coach role. Oh, time. sweet! So, like put lineups together and stuff like nice. that. And, um, so that was fun, and it was for like some big games against uh, against a team that we'd had competitive games with prior in the season. So it was fun to kind of step into that role and kind of like feel the stress of the situation, but also learn how to work through that and learn how to you know put our best product on the field. Yeah. So. Just hearing the way about your the way you're talking about this, you seem really passionate about it. Is it something oh, yeah. that you want to do down the line, whatever your job occupation is? on the side go back and coach high school or coach younger guys maybe your your kids when you have kids when you get older if you want to have those so yeah 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 it's definitely something i'm very passionate about and something um if the opportunity if the opportunity presents itself i'd love to keep doing nice um for next summer i don't know yet um but if the opportunity does present itself i'd love to to be back and coaching again i think you know staying around that for as long as i can would, would be awesome and uh Makes me feel young again. So doing the sport I loved growing up. So um, yeah, I'd love to be around it for as long as I could. That, that that's amazing. So like, what did the training look like? So you're you're coaching predominantly through yeah. during the day. So what did training look like over the summer? So I was blessed enough uh, to have still like my mornings pretty free. Um, uh, with the sophomore schedule, uh, it was usually double headers at five and seven. Okay. Um, so the games would be in the afternoon. We'd show up maybe sometime around two. So I'd still have time to get my training in in the morning um and it was you know really just trying to beat the heat you know before it was really hot and um it was a grind you know it's um yeah just trying to get the miles in and trying to do some workouts here and there um I think the tough part usually I like to run um twice a day and with coaching it was I'd have to squeeze those two runs in a shorter time frame Mm -hmm. you know before those evening games and so that was a little more um I, I don't know what's stressful, but trying to figure out how to balance that, um, not only like mentally, but for my body too, giving my body enough time to recover. And, um, you know, it's hard to stay hydrated, you know, yeah, those days. Sure. And um, I think one of the hard parts was, um, you know, doing all that training in the morning kind of takes a lot out of you mentally. And so trying to stay focused once you get to those evening games, you know, mm-hmm. if it's two games or whatever it be. Um, so it, it was it was busy. Um, but all in all, I enjoyed it, and, and uh, I think it, I really just try my best to stay focused and keep a good progression with my training, mm-hmm. um, keep the miles, um, you know, you know, keep them increasing a little bit each week, um, and then when I hit my peak, just stay there for a couple weeks and um, go back down. Um, but yeah, I was really just trying to stay focused and um, keep on it. So. Yeah, that 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 Midwest heat, Jonathan, is no joke. I went out there my. Uh, Going into my junior year, so end of my sophomore year, we watched Olympic trials out in yeah. Omaha oh, yeah, with some true. of my uh, buddies, and that heat is no joke. Like middle of the afternoon, it is hot, Ooh, man. Like you know, like it's a dry heat. Yeah, yeah, like like you know, like Eastern summers or like like for us, Massachusetts, New Jersey, it's all that like humidity. It'll be sure. like ninety one, and it's like sixty percent humidity, so you're soaking wet. It's just like hundred and five just dry heat and you're just like oh it is hot you are cooking uh, through the afternoon so that that heat is no joke so um, we're glad that you're back here on the East Coast so this past weekend 
Uh, talk to us about the Salisbury Fall Classic. You, uh, the, the Pirates took second place as a team. Um, three Pirates placed in the top ten, including yourself, who finished sixth. So uh, talk to us about that. What was the course like? And uh, how? what was your strategy going into that week this weekend? Um, first, I think it was just a great meet to open up things. Uh, it's it's a bit of a smaller meet. Um, I think there was maybe six teams there. So it's nice to have something a little smaller to open up before you hit the, the big meets. Um, but it, it's a nice course. It's pretty flat um, for the most part. Uh, there's there's a couple hills back in the woods. There's like a loop in the woods, and there's a couple hills back there. Um, but it's it's one of the flatter courses we'll run on all year, which is nice. Yeah. Give you an opportunity <laughs> to kind of uh, see where you're at physically, um, you know, before you hit some of those hillier courses, because a lot of the courses we run on are going to be um, pretty hilly, whether it be rolling hills or just a couple huge hills right in the middle of it. Um, a lot of them aren't flat like this. Yeah. So it's nice to kind of see where you're at and, and give you a good benchmark. Um, and the strategy going into it was just do as well as we could as a team. Um, and, you know, with it being a young team and a mm-hmm. freshman, we didn't know, uh, you know, exactly what we were going to get. Through uh, our practices in the past couple of weeks, you know, we've seen some really good things from the young guys. Um, I think they'll develop really well, but um, it was really just do as best we could. Um, and personally, just, um, you know, I knew there would be an opportunity to uh, be towards the front of the race. Um, and the guys got out pretty hard. I, uh, I didn't quite go with them right at the front there to start, but um, I tried to make it up some ground in the middle of the race, um, which I think I made up some ground on some guys. Um, it's just hard, you know, working from behind uh, right. towards the front. It's easier to work from the front. So, you know, moving into next weekend, it's, you know, every race is a learning process and a learning curve. Sure. Um, and so it's, it's nice to, um, experience these things, learn, learn these things now before you get to the bigger races towards the end of the year. So, yeah, going off of what you just said, huge class of freshmen, like one upperclassman on the whole cross country team this year. Um, so you and some of the other sophomores are put in kind of that leadership row. What has it been like with all these freshmen? Uh, what have you seen from them? And you kind of touched on it before you're really excited to have them, but going forward, like, what are some of the things that, as a team, you guys are working on each day uh, with this with such a young group? I think as we move forward and as we start to learn some more things about the guys, how they race, how they practice throughout the week, um, it'll really just be um, working in a more cohesive unit together, especially on the course. You know, um, the more we can run together. Um, and, you know, have a guy or two next to us during the race, you know, the, the better we'll be. And I think the more that will push us. Um, you know, when you first go out there, you never know what you're really going to get. You know, some guys might break out front and others, you know, may be a little behind. So um, I think as you sort of start to learn more about each other and um, become more passionate about the team, I think that's really when you start to fight for your team and fight for the other guys on your team and you know, want to run with them in the race. So touch on that a little bit more like the the teamwork aspect of that because like as a swimmer like you hop in your lane every race and you get back and forth as fast as you can get to that wall as a higher position cross country as you just said it's kind of different you kind of got to work together touch upon that a little bit more about how you guys are talking during the week about working together on the course yeah i mean i think from the outside it seems um you know, like a very individualistic sport, you know. Um, but at the end of the day, um, you know, 
good individuals can only get you so far in the cross country course. And so in track, you know, it's a little different. You have good individuals, you know, they'll get you points in the track meet. Um, but on the cross country course, it's really important to have, you know, a strong group of guys towards the front as opposed to one guy, mm-hmm. you know, right up towards the front. Um, so I think it's, you know, and one of the things I, I you know, I learned this in high school, which is great um, that you that I learned it, um, you know, when I was younger, um, is the more you bond with your guys, um, you know, outside of running off the course, you know, the more passionate you are about the team and about the guys that you're around, uh, the more likely you'll be. Um, to fight for them during the race, um, to fight for the team during the race, and to be with those guys during the mm-hmm. race. Yeah, that is that's interesting. It's it's just like I don't want to say it's a weird concept, but like just hearing that because our sports are very similar in the sense that it, it's a team sport, but also individually driven. Because yeah, you're looking to get you're looking to get your best time every time. Like right. internally, you're like I want to get I want to swim my best. I want to swim my fastest time. At the same time, it's like well. I want to score points for my team. So if I don't drop any time, but I still finish second in the race or first in the race, I'm still earning my point, my yeah. points for my team. So it's an it's a very interesting concept compared to like sports like baseball. Where like yeah, you're you're really looking to like hit for average or for power, but at the end of the day, you're scoring, immaculating those runs. Right. Yeah. It's almost like in in baseball, you can have a really bad day but still win. Right. That's great. And it's similar yet different like cross country. Like you can not yeah. have your best race. But and somehow place high yeah. and yeah, score definitely. points. So yeah. I feel like every sport has that kind of yeah, individualistic yeah. but also team aspect in its own unique way. And I think yeah, for definitely. a lot of people that don't really understand how cross country, you might think, oh, you're just, you're just running and it's by yourself and that's it. It's like, no, there also yeah. is a team aspect. So it's yeah, really cool. You're I don't for, know. The, for the logo on the front of your jersey and you know, trying to make sure that you know your guys can get to the front. Yeah, that is for sure. So let's let's go back. Let's how did how did you start and what what got you into cross country? Um, I started cross country when I was in eighth grade, so, oh gosh, I don't know, seven years ago now, maybe, <laughs> something like that, um, but it was really, um, I don't know, I, I'd always just liked being active as a kid, I, I played baseball, basketball, really, anything that kept me active, um, and I, I really did running because, um, one of our family friends was a middle school coach, and I just gave it a try, and... Um, I enjoyed it. I mean, it, it wasn't during baseball season, so I wasn't missing any baseball, which yeah, is mm-hmm. what I loved to do at the time. That was like probably my number one sport um, when I was that age, and so I just gave it a try and thought it was fun. I mean, I think what uh, brought me back in high school was really just the bond that I, that I made with my teammates, with uh, my friends. Like my best friends have come from cross country, and so mm-hmm. um, I think it was that you know not being so serious about running at that age. It was more so just you know my friends are doing this, so I want to do it. Um, and then, yeah, it kind of just transitioned and evolved into something more serious as I went throughout high school. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty fun to, um, you know, have that great group of guys, but also, um, compete and try and win something at the same time. Um, so it's, it's fun to uh, strive for a common goal with your best friend, I think. And so that's, that's what kept me coming back, uh, kept me wanting more. Yeah, that, that's amazing. So what did that process look like getting recruited here by Seton Hall? Yeah, I, I, I decided uh, the winter of my junior year that I wanted to pursue uh, running in college. Okay. Um, and so I talked to my high school coach. Our high school um, has has had a lot of guys in the, in the past couple of years that have gone on to run um, collegiately and have had success. And so um, my coach was, um, you know, pretty in tune with what that process looked like. And he said, it was pretty important for me to have a good junior track season, put some good times out there for coaches to see. 
Um, and honestly, my junior track season wasn't phenomenal. Um, I didn't post anything, you know, otherworldly or anything like that, but I just kept working throughout my senior cross-country season. And by the end of that season, um, I, I put up some decent times. And so uh, I really wasn't getting attention from any, you know, big schools, really any Division One schools. I, you know, I was talking to some Division Three schools um, closer to home. Um, I'd gone on a couple of visits. Um, but really, you know, most of my college visits were focused on the academic aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And I'd actually applied to Seton Hall before Coach Moon had reached out to me. Um, and so I was interested in the academic programs here. And then when Coach Moon reached out to me um, in November of my senior year, um, it was, you know, and once I came to visit here, it felt almost like a no-brainer, you know, yeah. the opportunity um, to pursue what I loved at such a high level, but also have those academic opportunities. It, it was, yeah, it was honestly a no-brainer. So. Were there any uh, interesting or funny stories, Coach Moon record, recruiting stories, or how did he even find out about you in the first place? You know, I've asked him that yeah. question, and I haven't gotten a clear answer. <laughs> <laughs> it was more just like somebody said something about you. I was like, you know, it's, I, I don't know who said something about me. And, I mean, it's funny because, uh, I mean, he finds people from all over the country. Um, and, you know, I haven't heard of him recruiting anybody else from Iowa. And, I, you know, I don't even really know to this day how he found me, but... Um, he did, and I'm glad he did. I don't know if it was, you know, something, you know, after I'd applied or, or whatever it be, but, right. yeah, he found me somehow. <laughs> well, as we know, Coach Moon, legend, so he's probably, oh, yeah. he's been everywhere, so he yeah. is probably actually everywhere, so there you go, yeah, and so. I, I wanted to follow up, so any funny, like, did he, like, call you up, and he was like, hey, I see you, you had some good times, like, you want to come on a visit kind of thing, or how did that work out? So he'd sent me a recruiting packet in the mail um, okay. with, like, a... Uh, recruiting information sheet and so i'd mail that back to him and he actually kept calling my high school coach he thought my high school coach was me so my my high school coach was like yeah coach man he keeps calling me but i think he's trying to reach you so (laughs) eventually i did get on the phone with him and um pretty soon after that like he reached out to me in november um and i visited in december so it was a pretty quick turnaround nice because kind of that recruiting window before like uh, winter break was closing Mm -hmm. um like i came to visit like that week before finals and um i think the decision was pretty quick after that i think i just you know i love the people and the place and you know the opportunities that were here and um so yeah i mean he he really drew me in um he's very um genuine guy and yeah he expresses himself to other people um, and, you know, he's very nice to my family and I, and he brought in a lot of the guys, um, to talk to us in the film room. And so it kind of, you know, you could see, uh, I, could, I would say the culture that, um, he was building and that the guys were building on the team and that, that just made me want to be a part of it. So that's, that's awesome. amazing. That's amazing. So like what coming down the line now, now you've been here at Seton Hall for a little over now, now, oh, I don't want to say two years, but you've been here for a full year. You're yeah. getting into your second year. Yeah. What has the training been like here compared to back home? Like, what, what, what has been the biggest difference uh, here? I'd say the biggest difference would be just the increase in volume and intensity. I think uh, back home, um, you know, I was blessed to have a phenomenal high school coach um, who, you know, really understood, you know, the craft of running and really tried to develop his runners, you know, not only as runners, but as people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know... He had us set these guy these these mileage marks um, to hit you know what our peak mileage would be um, at some point throughout the season, and when I got here, uh, you know those marks were a lot higher, you know, and the coach wanted us to sustain the, you know that high mileage for a lot longer, um, and the workouts are more frequent and I would say like longer and more intense. So 
I think it was just um, adjusting to that. Um, and really, I think waking up every day, uh, once you get into the middle of the season and you know things are hurting, you know, yeah. your legs are feeling dead, you know, it's, it's really um, a mental game. And so mm-hmm. it's been the mental adjustment um, to tie myself, um, like, you know, the thing is, like, I, I really enjoy the sport, and, you know, those tough days don't take away my love for the sport. They almost just add to it. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, like, learning to love the sport through, you know, those difficult training days. Um, so, yeah. Is it a situation where you guys are running doubles, like, once in the morning, once in the afternoon? Or is it a situation where you're running in the morning and then doing stuff in the afternoon, whether it's weights, it's, it's stretching, it's more... Um, working on the flexibility and getting those muscles ready for your next run. Yeah, uh, he, he usually wants us to double three times a week, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, um, and then have us lift three times a week as well. So we'll usually lift after our morning run. And generally the double run in the afternoon is just something short to shake out the legs and get the, the blood flowing in your legs again. Uh, usually the morning session is a little... That's, that's when, like, when, I'll do, when we'll do like our speed workouts and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, get like the hard work in and then the afternoon, you know, when people can, you know, in between class or whatever, um, you know, a group of us try and go where we have like two groups. What does the weightlifting look like? I know obviously for different sports, weightlifting is going to look a little yeah. different. For cross country, you're using your legs so much. Right. Do you guys lift a lot of legs or the more upper body? What does that look like? It's really, I would say like maintenance and sort of like sure. preventative lifting, you know, just to make sure um, you're like holistically strong and, you know, preventing that injury. So. Andrew will, you know, put together a lot of core, um, you know, he'll have us do some legs and he'll have us do, you know, some good shoulder um, and upper body stuff. I think just to, you know, yeah, really just make sure, you know, your muscles are functioning properly and that you're not getting injured and that you have a base of strength. Sure, yeah. Um, you know, which is important. Um, you know, when, once you're running a lot of miles and those muscles start to break down, um, that base of strength and continuing to, you know, build upon that base is important. That makes total sense. So we've had on James Boot and Phoebe Hampson, who are both soccer players, running around a lot. Yeah. They they were talking to us, and they're during their offseason. They focus on more lifting a little heavier, gaining a little bit more muscle. Is that something during your summers that you kind of try to focus on, or is it more just staying in that running zone to like stay ready for next season? I think for me it was really um, staying in that running zone. Um, what I, I like to do, just uh, a hip – uh, like strengthening and mobility routine. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. I think, you know, throughout my time in running, you know, you have your nagging injuries that come back, you know, whether it be, you know, yeah, just muscles throughout the legs that bother you. And, um, you know, a lot of the times, um, you know, I found, and like my chiropractor told me, it's just like a deficiency in your glutes and, you know, the hips, you know. In running, you know, a lot of your power comes from the hips. And so just trying to strengthen those and keep them mobile um, and stretched out. Um, and so I just try and do that, you know, five days a week or whatever it be um, to keep my my lower body healthy and you know performing at its maximum and also a lot of core work because that's that's important you know you're moving you're moving yeah. your upper body more than you think and having a strong core um, you know it's, it's really good for you so oh yeah for sure and I guess going along with like kind of the mobility and the strength aspect yeah. obviously there's a nutrition aspect as well certainly I yeah. imagine a lot of cross country runners are very up to date with all the nutrition stuff yeah what does that look like for you um, it's funny. I think like, you know, you burn so many calories. I think sometimes you don't even realize how many calories you burn, right. especially if you're doing a double run. Like you're, that's, you know, it's two times a day where you're burning a lot of calories. Absolutely. And so, um, I think it's trying to be conscious of the fact that you're burning a lot of calories and that you need to put a lot of calories back in your body, but yeah. 
you know what you're putting back in your body should be something that's good for you and not something you know not something you're not just eating to get the calories you're eating to you know um give yourself a you know a benefit the next day or a couple of days after which sure. is hard i mean it's hard to keep yourself accountable eating um you know it's definitely like you know tempting you know you, you burn a lot of calories you know it's definitely tempting you know go eat sweets or whatever it be. Yeah. Um, yeah. which you know i i do i'm guilty of so um <laughs> but uh yeah i think it's just trying to you know for me find those certain foods that you know give me energy or help me recover better. like a lot of carbs a lot of right you know fruit that's what i'm gonna like ask yeah. like is any carbs or proteins yeah. or fast like do you track any of that or just more like whatever whatever's available and whatever's available i usually try and eat um a good amount of protein after i run in the morning yep um and in the summer i was eating a lot of fruit i think like when i've come here it's hard to have a fresh supply of fruit all the time when mm. i was at home it was a lot easier yeah um so i think having that supply and just uh, you know trying to eat those like antioxidants stuff like that sure um lots of fiber um just you know you get everything moving and i think it you know it just helps um you know with your performance i think in the summer i realized i started to try and focus more on like eating things like protein, antioxidants, fiber, stuff like that. And, you know, it helps your body perform better, you know, as you go throughout the week. Because some of those weeks are long, and if you don't prioritize your, um, you know, your nutrition well enough, you know, you might start to feel tired absolutely right. empty towards the end of the week, you know. And in some of those double runs, you do feel it because, you know, sometimes yeah. it's yeah. hard to get enough calories in your body. For yeah. Awesome. That yeah, that is for sure. Same with like double practices for yeah. us. Like that second practice, sometimes you're just like, because you don't want to eat too much before, because yeah. then you feel full and heavy in the water. Even on a run, you feel yeah. full and heavy, yeah. you just feel gross. Yeah. But you also need to eat something because when you feel empty, you feel also just like just as bad. Yeah. It's like it's a terrible feeling, like in the water, out the water. The, the double days for, I, mean, I think I think swim and cross country are the only sports that do like double days consistently. At least that I'm aware of. Maybe yeah. basketball, I'm not sure. Maybe but, yeah, but. The fact that you guys do do that is like such a respect to you guys. <laughs> it is not anything in terms of keeping up with nutrition, like even like sleeping. Like yeah. if you have practice in the morning at night, you're like, all right, I gotta make sure I wake up early enough to go to bed early too. Right. So it's, it's a combination of both. There's a lot of midday naps. Like <laughs> no, like if there's yeah. no classes scheduled, room. recovery room maybe, uh, midday naps, like just to like keep up on the sleep and stuff like that. Uh, it's incredible. So, what are some of the things that you eat before a race? Because um, I know like. Like for me, for swim, it's a long, it's a long day. Like, like 8 a.m. we get there, 9 a.m. we get in the building, and we don't leave until six. Yeah. And it's, it's like, like the same thing we just talked touched on is like I don't want to feel too heavy, right? Yeah. But I also don't want to go completely empty because that will just end poorly after daylight. Like, and I'm assuming, I'm well not assuming, but I kind of know for cross country races, you're there for a while too. It's a long day of preparation. So what are the, some of the things you're putting into your body um, pre race? So it really depends. Um, since we have practice at 7 a.m. every every morning during the week, um, you know, that gives you an opportunity to sort of experiment with, you know, whatever you whatever you're like, if you like to eat before or not eat before. I'm a guy that, like, I, I don't like anything before I practice in the morning. Um, you know, I eat a bigger dinner um, at night, and, you know, usually when I wake up, I, you know, I, I can still feel a little full in the morning. So, um, and it, same thing with the meat sometimes. Uh, like, this past Saturday, we raced at... 10 30 and i you know i was i was planning on eating something i wasn't hungry though so i just um i didn't eat anything until after the race but a lot of the times uh if it's anything like after that you know 10 o'clock 11 o'clock mark um in the afternoon or in the late morning then i'll try and eat um just something light uh i love peanut butter and that, that yeah. fills me up you know a little bit of protein so I, i'll eat something like that or uh, some yogurt or 
you know, a muffin. Some, just something light, um, nothing crazy. And then after the race is really when I try um, and eat a lot. I think um, in terms of, you know, what I eat before the race, I almost focus on, like, more so what I eat um, two days before and the day before. Interesting. those carbs um, to make sure that uh, when race day comes, I'm, you know, I'm feeling good and, and feeling ready. So I think, you know, when race day comes, I more so try not to worry about what I eat. And if I need something, then I'll get something. But if I, you know, if I don't feel like I need anything, then just go with, yeah. Go, kind of go with up. the flow. So, yeah, that's interesting. mostly drink a lot of water. Stay hydrated. Oh, sure. True. That's interesting. So you've had a couple of races now under your belt yeah. here at Seton Hall. What, uh, three, three, kind of three and one here. What has been the most challenging course you've run, ran? What is the most fun course you've ran? And what is one course maybe that you haven't ran yet that you look forward to running this season upcoming? Uh, I'd say the most challenging course is Van Cortland Park. I think it's, I think a lot of our guys would probably say the same thing. I think, um, you know, it was my first cross country meet last year as a freshman. Mm -hmm. and we ran it a couple more times during the season. Um, and it, it's really, it really kind of epitomizes, you know, what you think of um, when you think of cross country. It's really hilly. It's in the woods. Um, you know, the footing's a little, you know, rocky at places. Um, and that course is a challenge because you think the hills are done, but they just keep going. <laughs> like you get to, you know, four miles and you still have what they call Cemetery Hill um, oh, at, at like four and a half miles. So, I mean... It, that one's challenging physically because your legs feel like you know just jelly towards the end. Yeah. Your strings hurt because honestly, one of the most challenging parts of the course is the downhills. Mm -hmm. um, and people think like, oh, like that's easy, but um, like the toll that your knees and your hamstrings and your shins take when you go on those downhills and you're going fast because you're trying to you know make up a little bit of time that you lost going uphill. Um, that that is challenging, and you know. Once you get to the end of the race and you still have some hills left, that's where you really just got to lock in mentally. So I think that was a challenge, like, you know, coming into my first AK, it was like, wow, this is, this is for real. Like, this, this is a joke. It's, it's a tough course. Um, but my favorite course or most fun course, um, I would say Penn State last year for regionals. Oh, interesting. Um, it was a challenging course. Like, there was rolling hills. I'm um, the nice thing it was on a golf course, so the foot. Oh, it's that's well, nice. Yeah, I would say always good, but it was pouring rain, oh. um, and so I'd say like that kind of that that kind of for me, um, I don't know, it just lightened the mood for me and just kind of made it you know more fun. Um, you know, parts of the course are just completely torn up, but it, you know it's it's kind of fun just to run through the rain and um, you know <laughs> splash out all the puddles and just a bunch of mud and you know, there's like the guy that won the race fell over and he still won. I mean. Wow, <laughs> it's crazy. So that I'd say that was a lot of fun. Um, also, just like looking back on you know, um, you know the team aspect of that race and you know it being the last race of the season, I, I just had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, um, that's awesome. But, and then of course I look forward to running to or to running on. Um, I'd say our our Big East course this year in Wisconsin. Okay. Um, you know, going back to the Midwest to, to yeah. race for the first time in college, I, I really look forward to that. I think. Uh, the course is pretty nice. The the last time the guys ran there for Big East, it was snowy though. So I, I was just gonna ask, like, prepare for the cold because you're like yeah. kind of late October, November ish area Big East. Yeah. So yeah. that's gonna be a little chilly, uh, yeah. to say the least. So what is what is the team dynamic like? Like, what, what, how would you describe Seton Hall men's cross country as a team? I would say it's it's a lot of fun. You know, you try and stay loose. The practices 
our little series. You know, it, it can be easy to walk in every day and be like, oh, you know, like, oh, we have to run this or we have to do this or whatever. But I think uh, just trying to keep the mood light. Um, and especially, like, when you come in the morning. Like, once you get later into the season, people are tired. You know? Yeah. Because <laughs> it's waking up early every day and, you know, your body's second meeting every day. And so it's just trying to keep that mood light and we, you know, try and do fun things throughout the week. Uh, you know, play basketball. We have mm-hmm. at the house, the guys just come over and we try to keep the mood light and, you know, do some fun things outside of running to bond with each other. Yeah, that's that's amazing. That's kind of like with swim, uh, Jonathan, like I'd say – January hits and it's dark and we're here we're here during Christmas break kind of like we get back January 3rd and then we're on a plane to Florida to go train and just those morning practices are like grueling because no one's here like you guys aren't like spring sports aren't back yet fall sports are are still at home so it's like like you like you just said you have like a kind of like that mentality of if you make it light and airy in the morning it's gonna be it's gonna be fine you're gonna get through it you've done this a million times but at the same time it's dark and gloomy and you're about to jump into a really cold pool and you're like oh no so you got again you have the two days you have the cold weather early in the morning so much luck to both of you guys and i was gonna ask so you said the importance of keeping it light, keeping yeah. a good mood and whatnot. Is there anything that Coach Moon does as, like, the coach to help with that? Um, Honestly, I, I think he, you know, I think he just goes there and encourages us every day. You know, he knows it's going to be hard. I mean, he built a tough, yeah. a tough plan for us, but I think encouraging us and trying to get the best out of us and, you know, uh, trying to make us realize what we're capable of as runners. Um, although, you know, it is challenging, I'd say just his encouragement. Yeah, I. the reason why I ask is with the baseball players, we walk in for lift, mm-hmm. and you guys are sometimes running on the track. Yeah. And I just see him, and he's always, like, talking, he's always walking around. So yeah. I, I see that, and I'm like, oh, man, like, that's respect to him being, however, I mean, however many years young he is. Like, yeah. he's doing that. It's awesome. We, so. we, athletics has filled that gym up in some mornings. You'll be coming yeah. upstairs to lift. You yeah. guys will be running around, and we'll be doing dry land, some, yeah. doing something. Funny, yeah. So, we're even open. Yeah, yeah, like, they're walking out. You see everyone walking in to get to the weight room for yeah. and the gym, and then all of us are, like, sweating, like, dying. buckets, yeah. and, like, we're like, oh, geez, you guys are just getting here. You guys are late to the party. Um, so... Overall at Seton Hall, what is something you've been here now for a full year? What is one thing that you did last year that you're like excited to do again this year? Is it like a basketball game? Is it the the holidays where we light up the tree? Is it um, maybe going to the city to go see some Christmas stuff? Like, what is one thing that you're looking forward to this year? I would say um, I continued my journey with faith. When I got here, um, you know, I, I grew up Catholic, and, you know, being a Catholic institution, it's, it's been great to grow my faith. Um, and last year, you know, I had a great opportunity to grow, um, you know, doing Bible studies with John and some of the other baseball guys, and also, um, you know, volunteering, like, during some of the Masses, you know, for reading or being, like, a Eucharistic minister, stuff like that. I think, um, you know, the opportunity to continue to grow my faith and, you know, hopefully do some more Bible studies and stuff like that is really exciting to me because I think— one of the things that uh, draws me to Seton Hall is the people and the community that I found here. And so I'm um, continuing to grow in that community and hopefully help others grow is, is something that really excites me. So, yeah, for sure. What else, so in particular, is like, does that mean going on a mission trip? Does that mean uh, attending more Bible studies? And I'll, I will give Zach Sylvester and yeah. Mike Simonello a <laughs> shout out for running our Bible studies mm-hmm. last year. Oh, yeah. But is there anything in particular that you're looking forward to in developing your faith in Pacific? 
I think it's, you know, going to those Bible studies and being with those people and hearing their experiences, hearing their thoughts, because, you know, I have my experiences and my thoughts about it, but when you hear others' experiences and, you know, what they've been through and how they think about it, um, it sort of opens your eyes even more um, and can help you see a different side to your faith that you haven't before. And so I think, um, you know, just continue to be open-minded and um, be accepting and, um, you know, just... I, it always excites me to hear, you know, other people's stories with their faith, and mm-hmm. I think that helps me to grow too. Absolutely, so. that's awesome. Yeah, that's amazing. That is that is truly amazing. And going off that, talk to us about. So your major is international relation, yeah. international relations and affairs. Uh, what are some of the things that you uh, are involved with in that aspect? Like, what does class load look like? Like, what are some of the classes you're taking this semester? Um, yeah, talk to us about that. Talk about your, talk to us about your major. Yeah, um, I think you know that was one of the things that definitely drew me to Seton Hall. Um, in the Midwest, you, you really don't find a lot of diplomacy and international mm-hmm. relations programs because you know a lot of uh, you know those offices and organizations are out here on the East Coast or out on the West Coast. You know, right? I'm um, closer to those you know international places, and so um, it, it was definitely exciting to come here. Um, and experience that. And I think the classes have been really interesting um, and sort of just uh, so far, you know, providing a, a basis of, you know, what um, the academic field consists of and, you know, what the professional field consists of. Um, and, you know, there's so many components to it. It's almost mind-boggling. And so <laughs> just trying to, you know, organize those, those thoughts and, like, uh, those ideas and make them presentable um, to the students, I think, I think the faculty here do a good job of um, walking you through the different aspects of international relations because there's just so much to it. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been great. I, I think um, you know all the faculty that I've had the opportunity to interact with, they're so experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them have just a breadth of experience in the field. Um, you know, my one of my professors for this semester. Um, he only teaches this one course and he only comes to the campus on Wednesdays and you know his background is so extensive and so it, it's like I think it's really awesome to learn from these people um, that have so much experience um, and that can give you the advice um, and kind of help you to grow um, you know more so like they want you to succeed in the classroom but they really want to prepare you for the real world and outside of the classroom because the classroom can only you know, do so much, um, you know, in the world of international relations, it's, you know, it's complicated and, you know, there's lots of things going on. And so it's, it's trying to, um, prepare you, um, for the real world. So I had some friends that just graduated from the international relations program and yeah. uh, from a program that I was in, uh, and they've loved it and they have such good things to say about it. And okay. I'm always so curious yeah. like, to hear about their experiences and what they have, because they have these people come in from high up in yeah. organizations and whatnot. And it sounds fascinating to learn from them uh if i'm not mistaken are you in the honors program as well yes yeah. talking about what that um the honors for actually i i will say those are my favorite courses that i've taken yeah. here um it is tough it's like 8 15 a.m tuesday thursday so yeah it's a grind it is a grind yeah. practice so i do have to you know wake up early you know before practice most days um and i think you know the faculty in that program, they are really, the thing that I really enjoy about it is they're so inclusive. They really want everybody to participate. Um, and it's a discussion-based course, so you read all of your material before you come to class, and then uh, the whole two-and-a-half-hour block is a discussion. Wow. Um, and so you really get to hear 
the ideas, not only of the faculty, but of the students around you. And it really, you know, helps you to grow as a student. Um, and I, I mean, it's challenging. Like there's certain, like they sure. give you a quiz every morning, you know, like when you walk into class about, you know, what you've read. Um, but you, you learn, you know, how to best prepare for it. That's one of the things I really enjoyed about the classes. It's taught me, you know, how to prepare best for, you know, the things coming up. And, you know, sometimes I definitely failed to prepare the best I could. Um, but those are the, you know, those are the best learning experiences. Learning, yeah. So I think um, that program's giving me um, also an opportunity, um, you know, to grow my faith. Because it is really, um, you know, it, it goes through a lot of um, different religious schools of thought. Not only, mm. you know, Catholicism, Christianity, but... Um, you know, all different sects of the world and, you know, their religious ideas and thoughts. And so it, it opens your mind um, to the whole to the whole world around you, not just the world that you live in, um, but, you know, everything around you, which I, I think I've really appreciated it. I've really appreciated that because um, I haven't gotten that anywhere else in my education. Sure. So. Yeah, that's amazing. And that's, that's like props for you to get into that honors uh program because no that yeah. yeah because that sounds like our graduate level courses like discussion wise like i just we i started grad school this last week and a lot of our stuff in like our com research class and even my other one of my other classes it's a lot of discussion based yeah. which is like very different compared to my undergrad courses where it's more of a uh, here's some work we're going to talk about it a little bit but like here's some work let's get it done and we'll talk about it afterwards sure. so props to you for for getting into that program and and really helping yourself get to a point academically where you're going to be ahead of the curve of others, which is amazing. So what, what are some of your aspirations when, with finishing up your degree, what do you want to do with that? And what are you looking forward to after it's a long ways away, but it's a short yeah. ways away for you being a sophomore. What are you looking to do with that degree? Honestly, that's still something I'm exploring. I think, um, you know, there is a, you know, some good opportunities to, you know, go into the government, work for government government organizations, but also, um, you know, having the background with baseball, and um, I've looked at, like, you know, the MLB has their league offices mm-hmm. in New York City, and, yep. like, they have a Department of International Relations and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and so, like, that that idea of, you know, working for a sports league or the MLB um, in, you know, their international relations department is, is really interesting um, because it's something I'm so passionate about, um, and, you know, I, I think, you know, sort of that government side and those government organizations, that aspect is, I mean, it, it's so serious all the time. And so I think, you know, working for somewhere like the MLB would, um, you know, still still make it like a little more fun in my head because, you know, it's baseball. It's something I've grown up yeah. loving. So I think, um, I think that'd be a lot of fun. But I'm still, you know, exploring all opportunities, open to everything. Um, hoping to find an internship this summer around the area, just, to, um, you know, something with international relations or diplomacy and see how I like it so maybe if you work in the MLB office in uh, New York or maybe Chicago you yeah. could get some white sauce tickets or some <laughs> yeah. tickets, who knows hopefully so yeah I mean I think it, I would love to stay around the game of baseball as long as I could but um, which is funny you know coming from a runner I think a lot of people be like you know why would I want to stay around running but uh, baseball's always been something I love so love that yeah that's that's amazing so we're gonna move on to our next Kind of our, it's a kind of a segment. It's called advice to a pirate. Uh, as a sophomore, you're our first underclassman that we've had on our show. Um, what would it, some advice you would give uh, to underclassmen that are tr- looking to make an impact this year, whether it's athletically, whether it's academically? What are some words of advice you would give them to help them make an impact this year? I would say, um, 
be open-minded, um, you know, be positive about the things that come towards you, um, and really have open ears and open eyes, and listen to those around you, um, you know, whether it be your upperclassmen, um, the faculty, um, you know, the people that come to speak to you, their visitors and all that, um, because there's so many great things to learn. Um, and I always love being the younger one because you can always, there's just so much to learn, you know, from everybody around you. So I think just, you know, having those open ears and open eyes and um, taking it as much as you can. Um, and then as you move forward, um, you know, using those things, you know, meshing all those things you learn together and into, uh, you know, that positive impact that you can make on others. And certainly you can certainly have a positive impact on others when you're young, you know, when you're a freshman. Um, I think really, you know, just bringing a positive uh, mindset and attitude towards each day, um, you know, can definitely help those around you. So. Yeah, amazing. And uh, as Danny Washburg put it uh, last year, to the 2023 Most Valuable Part, you yourself, an incredible teammate, never lacks enthusiasm and the support of his teammates. And it's been per- perfectly on display here 100%. today. Uh, so much uh, stuff that you got to talk to us about, and we appreciate it a lot. So going into our last se- segment, it's called Walk the Plank. It's kind of rapid fire, but you can add you can add some uh, explanation to uh, your answers. Um, but I'm going to ask a couple of questions. We got about seven today. We're, we're adding each one. What I'm realizing yeah. each episode we do, and we're adding a couple more. Yeah. Um, so so our first one. We're coming to Johnston, Iowa. What is some one thing that me and Jonathan have to go do? Oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> um, well. My town's a suburb. I'd say, you know, visit the city, visit Des Moines. I'm only, you know, 20 minutes away. Um, I'd say go eat some good food. There's plenty of really good food in downtown Des Moines and around the area. Um, but, yeah, I'd say in terms of being in Johnston, you know, I'd, I'd more so go to Des Moines and, uh-huh. uh, you know, see what there is to see there and, yeah, eat, eat good food. What, what type of food? Like barbecue? What type of food are we talking? They have everything. My favorite um, – restaurant back home it's called the cheese bar it's just a you know a restaurant that just you know everything cheese grilled cheese mac and cheese oh, cheese board stuff like that love it that um, sounds amazing so yeah that's that's my favorite uh lots of good italian food um yeah lots of just great food in general so awesome what is your favorite song to listen to before a race ah uh, that's this weekend was actually one of the first times i didn't listen to any music before. really oh, interesting. Um, i just tried to you know go into it you know just my own mindset but Usually I'll listen to, um, I don't know, I love Post Malone, so I might listen to him or, um, yeah. So awesome. I don't know if there's any one particular song, um, especially like, I don't know, yeah, the first meeting I didn't listen to anything. So. Interesting. Yeah. Awesome. That's awesome, though. Um, would you rather run in like warmer weather or cooler condi- weather? Cooler weather. Yeah. Yeah. How yeah. about like hot or cold? Cold. 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 Okay. Yeah. yeah. For, for races, for training, hot. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Okay. I think that... Running in the cold every day uh, is <laughs> it's old pretty quick. Yes, you have to that. Yeah, just have to bundle up. But yeah, I've done, yeah, I've done it. it. You make it through, but you know it's tough. It makes sense. What are your favorite shoes to run in? Um, I run in Mizuno Wave Riders. Um, okay. Which uh, I don't know. A lot of people don't run in them, but um, I run them ever since they were my first running shoe in eighth grade. So yeah, I've, I've stuck with them ever since, and I love them. They they. Have good cushion, and I used to heel strike a lot when I was uh, a younger runner. I still do a little bit, so they have a lot of good support in the heel. So awesome! So being from Iowa, what are your f- favorite professional sports teams? So the, the behind this question, I have a friend who swam with me, Ross Pantano from Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah. His sports teams are 
the San Francisco 49ers, <laughs> and the Denver Nuggets. And there's not a lot of professional sports out there, so yeah. I wanted to kind of get your take on who are your favorite sports teams. Um, I'm a Chicago guy through and through, except for the Cubs. Okay. So even though I'm wearing a Cleveland shirt. But, <laughs> um, yeah, Chicago guy through and through. Um, a lot of my family is from Chicago. My dad's side of the family is from Chicago, so he grew up, uh, you know, big Bears fan. Um, so, yeah, definitely, mostly I'd say Bears and White Sox, but I, I do cheer for, you know, Blackhawks and Bulls. So, but, yeah, Chicago. Chicago through and through. Okay. What is your favorite post-race meal? I'd say donuts. Donuts. What kind of what kind of don't what kind of donuts and from where? Um. Oh, this past weekend we had Dunkin' Donuts, like the Boston cream. Mm-hmm. Like anything just sweet is kind of like especially if I haven't eaten any anything or haven't eaten much before the race. It's always just nice to get something that tastes good. Um. But yeah, I'd say donuts are, you know. I also had ice cream after the race. Way back up. Yeah, exactly. What is your favorite donut place to get donuts from? Like, is it Dunkin' Donuts or is it like a, like a mom and pop shop that where you're from that you enjoy getting donuts from? Um, I there is there is one back home. Uh, it's called Highland Park Bakery. They, I don't know, they're so fresh and I I like them a lot. But yeah, if it's if it's just a chain, probably. I don't know. It's a toss up between Dunkin' and Krispy Kreme. We have both at home, and they're both yeah. pretty close to home. So. Um, yeah, I'd say either of those two. Awesome. And last question uh, for me. So how would you describe your running style in one word? Um, relentless. Ooh. Why relentless? I would say just, um, you know, coming back day after day and just um, wanting more, wanting to get better every day um, and kind of just having that, you know, relentless mindset of, pursuing um you know you know greatness or pursuing getting better every day that's awesome and it's funny i, I think initially you wouldn't think of like you think of relentless like a football or mm-hmm. more of a hard like physical sport but in terms of running the mental yeah and also oh, yeah. once you get to the end the physical grind of that yeah. is uh, I, I can't imagine really when you're getting toward the end of the race and it's hot or cold, <laughs> yeah. early in the morning, whatever. Or raining, yeah. snowing, yeah. muddy. So I, I, it could be I like anything. It's all conditioned. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I like it a lot. And I, I feel like we would be uh, not doing due diligence here. I want to read the rest of the quotes yeah. from yeah, uh, for sure. Danny. So we also we have incredible it. teammate, never lacks enthusiasm and support of his teammates. His energy is unmatched and is the type of teammate that everyone wants to have. And lastly, when it comes to running, he's a workhorse, as we said, relentless here. And it's always working to get better. He never skips the small things. So... Danny uh, spoke very highly of you, I'm sure, of all your teammates and your coaches and uh, facilitators, everyone. And uh, we want to thank you for coming on. You're a really, really good representation of the university, running uh, in the classroom, in the honors program, everything you do. And so just keep it up. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate it. Anything else that – is there anything else you would like to add before we kind of wrap things up and uh, call call it episode three? I'd, I'd say, yeah, just thank you guys for having me. And I, I appreciate it. It's been a good, good opportunity uh, to express myself a little bit. So, yeah. I'm, I'm Justin Oswick alongside Jonathan Luters uh, with our st- special guest, Stephen Beeman. Uh, we'll be on next week. We're going to go women's cross country next week, Jonathan. So uh, make sure you go, guys go follow us on Pirates Overboard with highlights of today's episode, episodes prior. Uh, and to really get a head start on what is to come in the next couple of weeks. A lot of exciting things here, so um, we are pumped for what is to come. Uh, we will see you next time.